Good evening, Victory. How you guys doing? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So my name is John Labuglio. If you don't know who I am, I'm one of the associate pastors here. Um, and so I, I do have a word to share that's been on my heart. It's been brewing for probably about a month. Uh, so when pastor said, hey, I want you to speak, I told my wife first, and she's like, yeah, he knows. She's like, he's like, how does he know? He goes, God's put a word on his heart. That means you're going to ask him very soon. And that's just kind of how it is. You just always got to be ready. One thing I want to do is I just want to say hey to my Bo family out there. I got a lot of people from work that hey, said, hey, I want to tune in. I want to listen to you. So I'm pretty excited about that, and I'm glad you guys can join us online. So the sermon today is called, Who Do You Say I Am? And so I was really excited on Sunday when Kate preached because she was talking about our words. And I mean, how awesome was Kate on Sunday? I mean, she brought it. And I'm, I'm sitting back there, and every time Kate shared a scripture or she shared her word, I looked at my wife, and she looked back at me. And I'm like, that's just how we know God is brewing, and he's doing something. When there's, we, we had no conversations, but there were so many similarities. And I said, Kate, you're not going to believe this, but I'm preaching about our words and how they have power, how, how there's life and death in the tongue. I'm going to be I'm going to be, like, you teed me up perfectly for Wednesday. So I was really excited about that, and God just put that on, on my heart. I know he put it on Kate's heart. So obviously, it's, I believe it's something for today's day and age, because if you, if you think about all the news, all the media, social media, everything that's going on, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of just, it's not positive. It's a, it's a different world out there. But our words should be used to build up instead of tearing down. The scripture, there's so much about there. There is no status quo when we speak. We're either building or we're tearing down. There's no middle ground. We're doing one of the two. It brings life or it brings death. But today I want to talk about our words and, and, and specifically names. What do you call yourself? What do you call others? Because it's so important, and I know I find myself doing that, getting frustrated with my children, and maybe not saying a kind word. And then I say that the next day, because they mess up again, or they say it the next day. Guess what? I'm breathing that into existence every time I put that on my child. And so we, we have to be careful of that, and we have to watch what our tongue says. And so Proverbs 18.21 tells us, the tongue can bring life or death or life. Those who love to talk reap the consequences. I don't know how much more plainer it can get. <laughs> There's no middle ground. There's no third option there. It's death or life. We're breathing one of the two. We're building or we're tearing down. Absolutely. And I, I you know, this one was crazy because, I, you know, I just kind of came across the scripture and it was James 126. And I, when I read it that night, it was like late at night, and I looked at my wife, I'm like, you go, James. Like, come on, man. Like, he, it's powerful. And so in James 1.26, it says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. Ooh, that one cut deep. It absolutely cut deep. And, you know, I was praying on Saturday and, and this whole sermon's been coming up for like a whole month. So this is what God's just been speaking. And so Saturday I was getting ready. I was just praying in my closet. And I was like, Lord, 
you know, I, I just pray for our country. I pray for what's going on. And clear as day, I feel it in my spirit. I didn't tell you to share your opinions or your beliefs. I told you to share Jesus and the good news. So it made me think about our social media. When we're on the job, are we sharing our opinions more than we are sharing the good news? And so I'm thinking about those words that I'm using and that every breath that I take is a moment that I can use to glorify God or glorify myself. And so when I put that into perspective, I'm like, well, I, I want to glorify God more. I want to use my words to glorify him and, and spend that time with him. And, you know, I had this conversation with somebody in my family. I'm going, I'm going like crazy with like prayers and conversations, but this is just how my brain works. And, uh, you know, they, they said, hey, you got to watch this video on YouTube. You got you to gotta go look this up online. You got to, and, and I, I just was polite, and I said, hold on. I want to ask you, before I do this, how many hours a day do you watch YouTube looking for the truth, and then how many days, or how many hours do you spend reading the Bible, which is the truth? I said, before I start looking that up, I need to know that. Because if not, we got to change our priorities. If we're seeking truth, pick up the word of God. That is the truth that we need. That's the truth that we should be sharing outside in the world. So our words are important. So in Proverbs 19.19, 19, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with the bars. And, and I really thought about our social media and the, the arguments that we've been getting into. There's nothing wrong with sharing. But are we to the point where we're offending people that we're supposed to be preaching to? Are we offending those that we're supposed to call to Jesus? It really kind of just got, just got me all worked up about this and just thinking about the power of our voice, the power of our tongue. And I really think and I hope that after today, we use our words a little bit more wise. And we use it to glorify God and to point to the word, to point to the truth and bring people to the foot of the cross. Because our words matter. Our words absolutely matter. It says that God spoke and then there was light. Every time God spoke, he created. And Kate shared this on Sunday and I loved it. Words create. Building or tearing down. Death or life. One of the two, no middle ground. So what are we creating with our words? Are we creating walls or bridges? Division or unity? Death or life? No middle ground, right in there. And so the other day, Amanda was uh, sharing with me. She came home um, really excited Monday night and said, hey, John, I know you're getting ready for your sermon, and you know this just lines up completely with your sermon. And it was from her Bible study, and it says, we need to think, talk, and act like citizens of heaven, bringing a glimpse of heaven to earth. Let our lives, let's live our lives as citizens of heaven and ambassadors on earth, as representatives of God's kingdom right here where we are. Today, right here, out there. We are ambassadors of heaven. Wherever we go, we take that with us. And we, we have the opportunity with our words to share that with so many people. And so, 
it, it, it just really is such a huge piece of the puzzle that I think that we still got to work out. And don't think that I'm up here on a soapbox. You know, I was joking with the booth because I was giving them a hard time. And I'm like, I'm preaching to myself. I think I made a joke at uh, Bree back there. And she's laughing. And I said, I'm going to go on the stage and tell them I'm preaching to myself because about 20 minutes ago, I probably didn't say a nice thing. And I was just joking with her. So I'm preaching to myself. This message is for me. Because I know, as a husband, I said some things to my wife that I probably shouldn't have. I think we all have. In the heat of the moment, in the battle, we're just fired up. What about our kids? Oh, boy. I got one. I got three kids, but I got the one. Love them. And they had the, the youth trip, and we get a call. I'm like, oh, this can't be good, because they ain't supposed to come home for a couple days. I bet you know which one I'm calling about. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> I said his name, and he goes, dang, you're good. <laughs> As a parent, you know. So I 100% know that. You know, I'm preaching to myself here. I have said things that I'm not proud of. You know, and, and now looking back, I'm like, man, I was breathing that into my kids' lives. I was breathing that into my wife's life. Instead of building her up, I was tearing her down. Same thing with my kids, friends, other people on social media. I had to get off social. I was on social media for about one year until I couldn't take it no more. Because I was so pleasant online for the first, like, eh, six months. And then it does something to you. <laughs> it brings this side out of you just like, it's not good. And about a year I, I, I was so, fr I was like, I can't do it, like, because I, 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 I can't control my tongue online because I get so frustrated. I had to leave it. I, I really did. I mean, I'm just being honest with you all up here. That is why I do not have a social media. I might snoop on my wife's every now and then, but I know I'm on her account, so I'm not going to say bad things. <laughs> but I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about what do we call our kids, what do we call our wives, what do we call our friends, what do we call our pastor, because what we call something is very important, and it brought me to Matthew 13, 54, and this is when Jesus went back to his hometown, so he returned to Nazareth, his hometown, where he taught in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where did he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles, then they scoffed, he's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended, and they refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his family. And so he did only a few miracles because of their unbelief. Because they saw Jesus... And that's what they called him in his life. They're, they're probably thinking about him running around as a kid. You know, maybe at his dad's shop or helping draw water. What, whatever it was, whatever that childhood, that's all they could remember. And that's what they called him, and that's what they received from him. So what we call a thing is how we see a thing is what we receive from a thing. And so it's so important because everywhere else, 
the people saw him differently. They didn't have this preconceived notion. They didn't speak these things in his life as he grew up. They knew him as Messiah, Savior, Prophet, whatever it is. They knew he could do miracles. So everybody that went to Jesus was healed. Everyone that went to Jesus got what they were looking for, except the people of his hometown, because they called him something different. They didn't call him Lord. They didn't call him Rabbi. They didn't call him Savior. They didn't call him any of that. That is Joseph's son. So Joseph's son is what they got. That is what they received from that. So when you call someone, uh, so that's in his hometown. They called him the carpenter's son, and that's what they got. So what do you call your wife? What do you call your children? What do you call your pastors, your friends, your coworkers? How about this one? Your government leaders? Mm-hmm. Listen, I will admit that I have used the word king in front of somebody's name in not a nice way. <laughs> yes, she knows. I'm preaching to myself here. I need work. I need a savior. That's why I need Jesus because everybody misses the mark. But I want to start with what do we call our pastor? I will tell you, if you're one of these people, you're going to be like, you're going to feel some sort of way. But it irks me when I hear G and Gary. I absolutely, it just drives me crazy because what you call a thing is what you, how you see a thing is what you receive from a thing. He's our pastor. Call him pastor, and he's so kind, and he's so generous, and he's never going to say, well, don't call me G. Call him Pastor G. But the reason why we want to call him pastor is because we're submitting ourselves to him as our pastor. He now has ground in our lives to speak truth and call us on our junk. Pastor Gary has all the authority in my world. He can bring me in his office, and he can tell me whatever he wants, as long as it's biblical. <laughs> He calls me King John. I know what he means. You used to want to be called that, you know. But when we treat him like a friend, he is a friend with the pastor. But he's so much more than that. But when we, when we call him by a friend, by calling him G and Gary, we open ourselves up to offense. Because we can get offended with our friends. They don't have the same ground in my life that a pastor does. I need a pastor. I don't need a friend. I need a pastor in my life that's looking over me, that's caring for me, that's going to call me out and say, John, you're not living the way you should be. Might sting a little bit. Like, oh. But because I call him pastor, because I see him as pastor, as I treat him as pastor, there's a little bit different relationship there. He has a whole lot more grace in my life. So what you call someone is how you see someone, is how you treat someone. What do you call your children? What do you call your wife? Lazy? Dumb? Good for nothing? So on, so on, so on. I have said those things to my kids. Absolutely, I have said those things. Without realizing that if I call my son lazy every single day, Guess what he's going to be? 
He's going to live up to the potential that I put on his life. He's going to live up to what I've been calling him his whole life. So instead of calling him what I see today, I'm going to call him what I see tomorrow. And then I'm going to call him what I see when he's an adult. I'm going to continue to breathe those things. I'm going to continue to speak those things into his life until he believes it. We have to believe in them first and say those things to, to them. Men, ladies, you're off the hook today because I'm a man, so I have a man's perspective. But men, we need to speak life into our families. We are often sarcastic and we hide our emotions. I know I do that. When I'm uncomfortable, I'll make jokes. And I do those things because that's how we hide it. We, we hide our emotions really deep. You know, growing up, the first time my father said I love you was when I was 16 years old. I knew he loved me, but the words never came out of his mouth until I was 16. And I know the exact moment is because my grandfather passed away. My grandfather never said he loved my dad. And when he passed away, my dad said, I'm breaking this today. And I'm, I'm tired of skirting around it. To say we love, I love you was we would, we would say, go Bills, because I'm from Buffalo, New York. So go Bills, man, I love you. He's like, no more of that. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you I love you, because I wish my father did. And so ever since my little boys have been, been little, I still hug them, I still kiss them, I still tell them I love them, because I want to raise different men, not these men that hide their emotions, not these guys that, that want to be macho, I want my kids to be different and breathe that into their lives. I don't care if you're embarrassed. Dang it, I love you. <laughs> I also grew up with this other kid, and, and this one has stuck with me forever. And uh, Now, I don't agree with his terminology of father, but he would call his dad father. Never knew that, right? I, I always called my dad dad. And when you're little, you call him daddy. But he called him father, and I one day asked him, I said, why do you talk to your dad that way? Like, why do you call him father in that disrespectful tone? And he told me, and this has stuck with me forever, a dad loves you, a dad supports you, a dad nurtures you, a father helped you create you, and legally on paper, that's what they are. Ooh, talk about a burn. That one stuck with me forever, and I hold that. I'm like, man, I know I'm their father, and there's days that I got to be the father. But I want to be daddy sometimes. And I want them to know no matter what, they can come to me. No matter what they do, they can come to me. No matter how big the mistake is, they can come to me. Because I have a father. We all have a father. We have a daddy that does the same for us. And I, I want my kids to know that. So we have to be very careful with our words, with our family. And so Proverbs 12, 18 says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Fathers, mothers, we need to bring the word of the healing. We need to speak life into our children. We need to speak life into our spouse, our coworkers, and those that are around us. I know that probably in the person in the cubicle across from you drives you crazy. Why do they got to eat sunflower seeds like that? You got to love them. <laughs> You got to care for them. We got to nurture them. Our wives and our children need to hear the words, I love you. So, men, 
I got a little exercise for you. I'm going to make you really uncomfortable right now. Women, you're probably like, I only heard that on our wedding day. Men, I want you to look at your wives. I want you to say, I love you. Oh, yeah, it, it got quiet up in here. It got really, it was like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But we got to tell our children that you love them. I'll tell you, as my kids get older, I find it harder to do that because I feel my childhood creeping up on me. And, and, I, and I, I'm like, my wife, my wife will call me out on it. She'll be like, would you hug your son and kiss him? I'm like, you're right. I want to be a better dad. Thank you. And I want to love on my kids and tell, them, and tell them that each and every day. But use your tongue to build them up, not tear them down. Build them up, not tear them down. Ask God what he says about them. What are the plans that he has for their lives? And speak that into them. They may not see it yet. You see it. Speak it into their life. Tell them what God tells them about himself until they get that real realization, until they get that revelation. You continue to press on, press on, and press on until breakthrough happens. And there's going to be a day they go, well, hey, Dad, you can t- tell me that because that is who I am. They're going to believe it. They're going to become it. So we need, to, we need to practice building up, not tearing down. Our families will never become something we do not speak into their lives. Not going to happen. And I know. I know there's hurts. I know there's pains. And I think about, you know, friends. I hear the word brother and sister, and I love that. You know, I think about it, you know, as, as working in a, a business, we have like 10,000 employees. I think about the employees, and I just think about how in, in our world, we have become like a disposable world. You know, we throw things away a little too quick. Um, I've learned this with my dryer, that YouTube's a great place to learn to fix things. Um, and I've gotten really good at it. I mean, our, our dryers have had to be repaired a lot of times. And it's like a $15 part. But I'm ready to run and go buy a new dryer. Because that's what we do. When it doesn't work, you, you throw it to the side. You get rid of it. But for some reason, when we have blood relatives and our brothers and our sisters, we're a little less likely to do that. We hold on to them a little bit more through the thick and the thin. Not saying that we don't have things in our family that tear us apart, but we're a little bit closer. But if we called each other brother and sister, we're stuck with one another. We fight for one another. We lay our lives down for one another. We move our relationship from that disposable to forever. Because we are family and blood. The blood of Jesus. That has made us all family. We have been adopted into the family through Christ, and we are citizens of heaven. Together. So whatever your junk is, I love you through it. Thick and thin. You ain't getting rid of me that easy. I might aggravate you like my wife does when I mess up. She'll be the first one to be like, "Mm -mm -mm." (laughs) what's the word say? I know. Just let me have this one. We all have those moments, right? But when we have each other to call each other out in love, because we're going to speak life into one of each other's lives, things happen. 
the world changes. Our words change. When we change, out there changes. Because we take what we get here and we take it out there. <clears throat> so I thought about our words and, and the whole scripture that really created this whole sermon is, is James 3, 3 through 6. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even through the wind, though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a very small, but it makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark that can set a great forest on fire, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Woo! I don't know about you, but I'm hearing a whole lot of scripture that my tongue is a bad thing. I, I don't believe that our tongue is a bad thing. We just don't know how to control it. It just flaps and flaps and flaps and flaps and flaps and goes and goes and goes and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. We got to control that. We got to rein that in. Sometimes we just got to learn to go. Mm -hmm. I can't remember where it was, but I was reading it the other day where it was like in the Bible. It was like, shut your mouth. I'm like, woohoo. Yeah, buddy. I need that some days. I need to put that in my car. John, shut your mouth. Although our tongue is so small, it is so important about the words that we choose to use about the ones around us, just like a rudder on a ship. We're setting the course for their life. I look at my children, I am setting the course for their life through my parenting, but most importantly, my words and my actions. Am I going to set them on the right path, or am I going to set them on the wrong path? I love how it talks, just a small spark, one negative word, fire can just take over the forest same thing with our words you think about social media and you look at some of these videos that just go crazy a lot of times it's just words because one word was spoken and boom it's all over it's causing protest it's causing all these things that are going on we got to watch our words but i don't know about you but from today on should say 15, 15 minutes before I started preaching. <laughs> I choose life. <laughs> I, I told I told Bree, I said, don't worry, after I get done, I'm gonna come back there and, and give you a hard time again. I won't do that. I promise. Today. <laughs> but I want to choose life. I want to speak life. I want to catch myself when I say those things that aren't building people up around me. I want to share that love. But we got to speak life into them. Do not call them by past hurts. Don't call them by past disappointments or, or current disappointments. But call them by what they are in the future, what they can be tomorrow, and who they are in God's eyes. Find out who they are in God's eyes and call them those things. Speak those things into life. You may not see it today, but it's there. You just got to bring it out. And you keep saying those things over them. You keep saying those things over them. I had this one gentleman that, um, he said every time his wife was sleeping, he would speak the word of God over her. 
She didn't even know it until one day she goes, I want to go to church. Woo-hoo. Little did she know, it was every night he was saying a little word. He was saying a little word, and he was, even though she didn't hear him, he was bringing him into to existence. He was bringing him to life. I really loved what Kate shared on uh, Sunday also, and this was really, really good, and I believe it was Holly Furtick's word. I can only change me, and when I change me, I change us. I can only change me, but when I change me, I change us. It feels like a conversation I've had with one of my kids when they start to fight. Well, he, he, he. But who can you control? You can't control your brother. So now you're both in trouble because you both can't control yourselves. I don't don't care what he did to you. I care what you did to him because you can only control what you do. Your actions, your words. So if I change me, I can change us. But don't go out in the world trying to change everybody else. If we all changed ourselves... The world changes. That focus has got to be inside. So I've talked a whole lot about speaking life and speaking words into others. But we have to understand that that starts with us. So what does that mean for us? So I'm going to kind of share a personal story um, before I moved to Kentucky. And this is uh, uh, a little over four years ago. And uh, our, uh, the church I was at, Wednesday nights were a little different. Um, we didn't have uh, a sermon. Uh, we had corporate prayer. And so we would be up. We'd be walking around. We'd be praying for, for feet seats. I'm like, I don't, Lord, I don't know who's here, but you do. But they need you today, Lord. And, and, and we prayed for the city. We prayed for so many things. And I remember, and we would pray for one another. If God put a word on our heart, we would go up to that person. We would share it with them. And uh, God spoke this word to me, and he said, I will bless your hands like Joseph. Hoo-hoo. I don't know about you, but when I hear God say, I'm going to bless you, I'm like, yes. Yes. Thank you, God. So I got all excited, and I shared that with my wife. And I just held the word for a little while, and I forgot about it, right? Because we do that often. We forget about those things that God's put on our hearts. Sounds like some people in the uh, Old Testament. And then one day, we were at... um, we are at Wednesday night prayer, and this um, young lady, Janice, comes up to me, and she goes, I don't know what it means, but I got two words for you. Hello, Joseph. Oh, my gosh. Like, talk about bring me to my knees, crying. I'm, I'm like ugly crying, because there, it was like the, ro- the rooster crowing the third time. <laughs> I knew I messed up. I'm like, I, I let go of the promise that God has said to me. And he says, I will bless your hands like Joseph he was talking about when I moved to Kentucky. And uh, so when I first moved to Kentucky, I sure did not feel like my hands were blessed. I thought it was a death sentence. Not because of the state. Don't get me wrong. You're all like looking at me crazy. Like, we love this state. We bleed blue. I have a pickup truck now. Like, that's a big thing from a northerner from New York. And it's Kentucky blue, too. Pastor, pastor asked me the other day, he goes, you listen to country music yet? I'm like, no. Dustin goes, we'll get you soon, boy. <laughs> they better pray real hard on that one. That's all I got to say. 
So I felt like it was a death sentence because when I first came here, it was probably the hardest year of my life. I worked more hours than I ever did. I'm talking 100 to 110 a week, hour after hour. And it's not just easy. This was hard, hard work. And then I'm frustrated because I'm like, God, why am I here? Did, you, you said you were going to bless my hands like Joseph. What am I doing here? Like, I am not doing anything else for the church because I'm working so much and sleeping. So I got frustrated. And he reminded me. It took me a while because it was about a year before I was like, got to my knees and was like, Lord, this is the word you had for me. You said you were going to bless my hands like Joseph. You know, I was calling myself at sometimes. I am Joseph, because I was trying to get all that bad stuff away. And he says, John, you were so focused on the blessings of Joseph that you overlooked his hardships. Mm. Talk about changing my perspective. Here's a man that by his brothers was sold into slavery. He still glorified God. I don't know about you, but I was still collecting a paycheck. It wasn't as bad as Joseph. He got put in prison for something he didn't do, and he still glorified God. I thought, okay, God, I got you. It wasn't all about the blessings. I was being taught a lesson right there. John, you're very good with the good times, you're not so good at the bad times. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. And he used that by calling me Joseph. My name's John. Don't call me Joseph. <laughs> you know, but I am seeing the blessings that God has for me. I am seeing the purpose that he has for my life. And now I know why he's moved me to Kentucky. But for the first year, it didn't feel like it. It was the second year that I started to see it because I changed my perspective. I looked at things a little differently. And so, names are important to God. He had to use a name to get me to pay attention. He, he knows me. He knows all of us. He knows what we need. And I'm thinking about names, and I'm like, well, why would he change names? Why would he change names in the Bible? Think about Abram to Abraham, father of many. Didn't have any kids at the time, but guess what? I'm going to call you father of many. Mm-hmm. Wait till you went to the town meeting. Hey, God changed my name to father of many. Mm-hmm. They probably thought he was crazy. But God was calling him what he saw. Not what he had, but what he saw. What about Sari, uh, Sari to Sarah? Mother of nations. Okay, she was married to the same man. If he didn't have no kids, she didn't either. Mother of nations, and they were old. Like past baby time. But here are two people that God's like, father of many, mother of nations. And they had to wear those names proud. They had to say those names proud. And guess what happened? It came true. God fulfilled his promise by what he saw in them. What about Simon? Peter? Rock? If you know anything about Simon, <laughs> when I read the Bible, I didn't think he was a rock. Especially a lot. He was hot and cold sometimes. 
He did some things. He denied Jesus three times. But yet, Jesus calls him Peter. Calls him the rock. Hmm. It's because Jesus saw something in Peter that Peter didn't know was in there. Jesus was calling it out. What is God calling you? What does he say about you? If you don't know, get in the word. There's so many scriptures that you just, you just start speaking them in life. Lord, I am blessed. Lord, I am blessed. Lord, I am blessed. And you just keep saying it until you believe it. Because when you believe it, you become it. Your life will change. Stir your way up by remembrance. You know, and, and my, my wife and I, I share this all the time about the kids. When they're scared, she would go in there and we'd go, what does God say about fear? And then they would say it back and I'm like, that's right. So are you scared? Well, yeah. Well, then we go say it again. And we go say it again. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. Until you overcome that thing. Each and every day. Until that thing's gone. They won't even come in our room and say, I'm scared anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's because the fear is broken or they know what we're going to say. <laughs> but we need to know what God says about us so we can live the life he is calling for us. For the life that he has for us. The plans that he has for us. Matthew 16, 13 says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Hmm. Jesus knew who he was. It's very clear who he was. Why is he asking that question? And more importantly, why ask, What do other people say about me? And at first, you're like, first glance, I'm like, like, is he trying to be popular and be like, hey, does that group of people like me over there? No, that's not what he was doing. But Jesus knew who he was, but he asked it, and he asked it because he wanted to see what other people thought of him. But then it continues on on Matthew 16, 15. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. We see that Jesus asked First, what does the crowd say about me? And then he comes back and he says, well, what do you say about me? Because in that moment, that's all that mattered. Who do you say I am? Because who, who you say I am is what you're going to get. That's what you're going to receive. And so he even says, and we'll, we'll go into the scripture some more. It's, it's um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'll skip it. <laughs> That's what happens. The cr it doesn't matter what the crowd says about you. This is what I'm taking from it. It doesn't matter what the crowd says about you. They often get it wrong. I care what Jesus says about me. I care what God says about me. You know what? My wife, Amanda, right there, I care what she says about me. I absolutely do. Don't worry about what the crowd's saying. So Matthew 16 continues, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you, you did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, 
And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. They needed to get it themselves. Don't go and tell other people who I am. They need to see it themselves. They need to call it themselves so they could receive it. But I love how he calls him Peter there. He calls him the rock. We all know that Peter's about to mess up again and be that hot, cold Simon that we know. He's going to deny Jesus three more times. That doesn't sound foundational. That doesn't sound like a strong rock. But guess what? Peter holds on to that. He holds on to that name, I am Peter. I am Peter. And he does become a rock for God. He does do mighty things for God. He does become a foundation for the kingdom of heaven. He held on to that name that Jesus gave him. And that's who he was. And that's what he was able to do. It doesn't matter what others say about you. It only matters what he says about you, really. Absolutely, it matters what God says about you. So we need to get in prayer. We need to get in the word, and we need, Lord, who do you say I am? We need to ask that same question that Jesus asked. Lord, who do you say I am? I don't care what the world says about me. I don't care what they say about me. Lord, I don't care what I say about me. Who do you say I am? And hold strong onto that foundation. Are you holding on to your past? Are you holding on to your mistakes? I know I can do that. I can look at all the things I've done in my past. You know, I didn't find Jesus until I was about 21. Believe you me, there's a lot of years that I could hold on to. I choose not to. Because I've been forgiven. I've been renewed. I've been restored. I'm a different person because of who Jesus is and what he calls me to be what he says about me. So don't hold on to those. Don't hold on to those opportunities you have or those past hurts or your weaknesses. That is not who you are. You are something different. So don't let the world's view of you be your reality. Who cares what the crowd says? I love to say that to my, my youngest. Who cares what they say about you? Well, they called me a name. Who cares what they say about you? What does God say about you? What do I say about you? Hold on to that. Listen to who the Father says you are because his plans are way better. He sees what we don't and he calls it out in us. He brings out the best in us if we let him. He's not going to force us to pick up that name. He wasn't going to force me to pick up the name Joseph. He wasn't going to do that. He's not going to force you to do it. He's going to call it to you until you pick it up. It's almost like those uh, sprinters with the baton. He's right there. You just got to grab that thing and run with it. He's going to pass it to you. You ain't going to like, like, I gotcha. I'm going to keep this one. He's going to give it to you. He's going to let you run with it if we take it. So pick up your new name. Be the new you. We have been born again. We have been made new. Why do we hold on to those past hurts, those past names? That's not who you are. That's who you were, but that's not who you are. We're made new. So let's close our eyes. Jesus, who do you say I am? What are you calling me, Jesus? Because when we know who we are, we become grounded by it. Our roots grow deep. We have a strong foundation set by the one who created us, 
And it can't be taken from us, no matter what's happening around us or the lies we are being told. Who we are in your eyes, we stand firm in that. Because that is truly who we are. So who is God calling you to be? Get in the word, find out. Stand firm in those things he reveals to you. No one can take what God gives you unless you give it up. No one can take it from you. He reveals to you, no one can take away what God has given you. When we know what the Father is saying about us, when we do, we can do for those around us. Watch others flourish when we change. When we change, we all change. So church, we need to think, talk, and act like citizens of heaven. We need to bring a glimpse of heaven to earth. Let's live our lives as citizens of heaven and ambassadors on earth, as representatives of God's kingdom right here where we are, today, right here, out there. So let me pray with you and we'll get you out of here. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the many blessings that you have given us. Lord, thank you that you have given us the power in our tongue to create death or to life. But Lord, we want to create life because that's what you have done ever since the beginning when you created the heavens and the earth, Lord. When you created Jesus and, and he died for our sins, Lord, we've been born again and we have a new life. We have a new purpose. We have a different mission. So Lord, help us to use our tongue to glorify you, to not tear others down, to not not destroy, Lord, but to build your kingdom up, to help those around us that don't know you, and we bring them into your kingdom because we're going to speak love, we're going to speak um, life into them each and every day. So, Lord, as we take this word with us, and, and, and I'm taking this word as, as much as anybody else, Lord, that, that I'm a changed person. Lord, and that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch my tongue, I'm going to watch the words that I speak, more importantly, I'm going to watch what I call people around me. I'm going to speak what they may not see in themselves, Lord, but what you're calling them. Lord, so Lord, help us to see those things in those around us. Help us to speak life in our children. Help us to speak life in our spouses. Help us to speak life on the job to our bosses, to those on social media, that we would not tear them down, but that we would build them up, Lord. And we do all these things to glorify your mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.